Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Right, guys welcome back to the show i'm titus and i'm joined today by thomas from hoke outdoors you guys know him he's been on here before and i'm sure most of you watch his youtube channel awesome channel and good friends so we're not gonna beat around the bush today we're gonna get right in this episode he is driving so if there's a little bit of background noise you guys get um i know we try to keep the audio pretty crisp on here but i'd rather get him on the episode than not have him because we all have insane crazy schedules and it's just so hard to link up with these guys so how are you doing today thomas oh good just spent a couple days down in north carolina and uh head back up to virginia now to get a couple more early goose season hunts in before i head on back up to minnesota how's those snakes treating you uh this is my first time actually ever seeing a codmouth so uh, caught me by surprise a little bit. We were running a little bit late this morning. Went to hunt kind of a weird spot. I think it's an old um, old dredge pond or something like that. And uh, so we found it, scouted it a couple days ago, saw or scouted it yesterday, saw three teal in there. And that was better than anything else we were seeing. So we went to go hunt it this morning. Wow. Um, and it being kind of tough to get in. So we were just, we we're just just basically running in there and didn't really even think about snakes and uh, about 30 minutes after light kind of started walking around just to kind of check the place out and uh, came across five or six con mouths in about 10 minutes so oh my goodness yeah not somewhere you want to take a dog i don't think no i imagine not and that's you said that was in north carolina yeah north carolina okay actually a lot of my family on my mom's side, most of my family is actually from North Carolina, so I actually have a lot of roots okay. there. <laughs> we used to go back there all you know the time what? for family reunions. Huh? Do you know what what part of North Carolina? 
Yeah, Greensboro. Greensboro. Okay. Yep. I think I know where that is. Not too close to where we were, but. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's that's where most of them live. A few of them live in South Carolina, but anyways, yeah, a lot of maybe that's what uh, why I like sweet tea so much. It must just be in my blood or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They, that stuff down there, they drink it like water. <laughs> is not Virginia not that way with sweet tea? I mean, it is, but you're kind of getting right onto that border. So I say like Northern Virginia um, is probably not not quite that way, but Southern Virginia it definitely is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, how'd the hunt go? I mean, was it was it pretty slow? Um, the first day was wasn't bad in terms of bird numbers. I mean, uh, my buddy had scouted it uh, the day before opener and said there was at least um, plenty, a few hundred teal in there, and possibly even closer to kind of four digits worth of teal. Hmm. So there was a, there was a lot in in it, but. Uh, we got there. We were actually the first boat there, and uh, it's a spot you have to boat into. It's a set of impoundments, and you boat in there and mm-hmm. then kind of walk to the impoundments. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time, it, the basically, there's a set time that you're allowed to go in there, 4 o'clock, and by the time 4 o'clock rolled around, there was 10 boats in the little channel. So um, everybody basically tried to pile in, like, 250 yards on top of each other, mm-hmm. and we were the first ones in there. Um and we ended up having a group set up about probably 80 yards to our right and 60 oh. yards to our left. So mm. kind of hard to decoy birds when, uh, when people are that close. So we ended up shooting, shooting a handful. But um, I think if we were to do it again, we probably just would scrap that whole plan altogether and go hunt something with like three teal on it instead and uh, mm. just kind of try to have more of an enjoyable time while doing it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Kirk McCullough, I don't know if you know who that is, but he came on the uh, podcast not long ago. And he's, yep, he's, yeah, and he, uh, he said something I never thought of, honestly. And he said, he talked about going places where there's less birds, meaning there's going to be less people and, yep. and having a better time. And I was like, man, yep, you know, I've really never thought of that like that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was actually thinking about him saying exactly that while we were sitting there before shooting light because <laughs> my buddy Nolan, who came down with me, he kind of said the same thing. Like, even if we do shoot a bunch of teal, it's just not going to be very enjoyable because uh, we ended up like we ended up teaming up with two other guys. So we had six guns, which I mean, everybody, everybody was cool. Everybody, you know, was safe. There was no really issues with any of that, but just having six guns in a blind is never the most enjoyable thing. And, right. um, we just, yeah, we watched people sky bus. We got to hear other people talking. It just wasn't, wasn't a very, uh, enjoyable hunting experience overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's like I said, it's not like that every time in California, but there's certain times of the year, certain refuges, it happens, you know, it's not like that all the time or it'd make you almost want to quit, but yeah, it's just not, it's really hard. And that's, I think when people misunderstand me when I say stuff about, oh, you can't decoy birds in California, that's not what I'm saying at all. I've done decoyed plenty. But when you're, when you got guys 80 yards from you, 150 yards from you, all the way around you, how do yep. you, how do you, how is that? Why would anybody say they're a better person if they think they could do that? You know, you're just not really going to do that. Yeah. Or, yeah, you're gonna, like that was- you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we were actually set up right on the X. Like we were set up exactly where my buddy had seen 
the majority of the birds the day before, but because we had people in every direction, the birds just never had a chance to make it to us. And mm-hmm. um, we actually shot the majority of our birds after um, like nine o'clock when other people had started to filter out of there. And that was the only chance we had where birds were actually able to even make it to our decoys without getting shot at. Um, yeah. We had some birds swing, you know, we had some birds that were swinging our decoys that, that would have come into us and, you know, got shot on the swing. So oh, that's, yep. that's probably the most frustrating when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, what's crazy that I don't know where that term, you know, swing birds, you know, cause that's what we'll say. Like they shot my, they shot birds off the swing. And it, like when you have to say swing, you already know there's people too close to you because you should never really have to deal with people shooting a bird that's swinging off of you. You know what I mean? But that's yeah, but absolutely. that happens all the time when you're in when you're in tight on top of each other. You know? Yeah, especially with teal. You know, teal where the decoy is so tight. It's not like they're like a big duck who takes these big old wide swings. I mean, you know, someone's really way too close when someone's shooting your swing mm-hmm. birds on teal in particular. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But in general, I mean, like besides the cottonmouths and people being on top of you, I guess it was that your first experience hunting in North Carolina. Um, no, I, I've hunted down here the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my first experience teal hunting down here, and oh, uh, definitely okay. my, my most successful teal hunt. I guess if you're just going by bird numbers. Um, but I'd say the highlight of the trip was actually my um, Nolan and I went out this afternoon and caught a bunch of flounder and and that was fun we didn't see see anybody else out at our fishing spot and caught some fish and just had a relaxing time so that was probably the most most enjoyable part of it but it was it was fun it was something to kind of just check off the bucket list i don't think i'll ever hunt that spot again that we hunted on opener but uh the spot we hunted today was was pretty cool and i think once things cool off and you don't have snakes and we actually saw uh gator tracks in there too so when you don't have snakes in snakes and gators around i think it'll it'll be a pretty cool spot to hunt in the future maybe right yeah no i mean like you said it's uh you know there's some places that you'd want to go back to and some is just for the experience but the whole the whole point is the journey right like that's that's what it's all about so yep it was an adventure and i think we both kind of came down here just looking for an adventure and didn't have super high expectations so i think we both got kind of what we were looking for there sweet and that's a good way to look at it too like a positive attitude behind it that because man if you don't if you don't keep that and i think that's what i try to do is when i go somewhere new i try not to get my hopes up too high because then you don't get that down you know bummed out feeling instead like you said make it as the journey and enjoy the whole process because this is what we wait you know, for nine months to get back to. And that's what's the fun part. It's not just shooting birds, obviously. Yep, absolutely. But, well, what's what's next on the agenda? Uh, I think I'm going to try and sneak in one or two more goose hunts or dove hunts in Virginia. Teal opens on Saturday here, but um, if, if North – you know, North Carolina is much more of a waterfowl hotspot than Virginia. And North Carolina uh, really didn't have many teal at all besides that one particular spot. We scouted uh, a good bit of the state and didn't see hardly anything. So if there's not much in North Carolina, I don't hold out much hope for Virginia. So just probably goose hunting, dove hunting, and then I'm going to probably be headed back up to Minnesota here Monday or Tuesday, I believe. Okay. So does he just give you some time off to hunt or, I mean – or do you contract? Like, how's that? Can you kind of explain that? What you got going on there with him in Minnesota and the company and all that? 
Yeah, yeah. So I work for DRC Calls up there. Uh, it's a little family. It's owned by Corey Loeffler. Uh, he, the owner and operator of it, based in Northwest Minnesota. And um, I've been working worked for him last summer. Enjoyed it so much that I decided I wanted to go up there again this summer after I uh, finished up school. And um, I've really enjoyed it again this summer. So uh, he just he lets me have a super flexible schedule. He's really understanding with you know wanting to go back and kind of do some of my some of my favorite hunts from home. I really enjoy the dove hunting in Virginia. Those goose floats are really fun. So he basically just told me just, yeah, go, go back home and get back up here whenever you can. And so I kind of had my fun, fun at home and I'm ready to get back up there and get back to work and do some hunting up there as well. So what are you doing for him, Thomas? It looks like you're doing more. I'm thinking calls and stuff, but like, are, it looks like you're doing some farming stuff too, maybe or something, some habitat. Um, haven't done much habitat stuff. I'd like to get into it, but the laws in Minnesota surrounding it are actually kind of, kind of weird. So I need to do some more uh, looking into that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really all sorts of different stuff. That was what intrigued me about it when I first applied for the position was that there were so many different things that he does with the business to, um, that I'd get to learn about. So um, we make calls out of cast acrylic so we're um, starting with an acrylic rod and going all the way till making a finished ducky goose call so there's that whole process and then i'll also do a lot of stuff with social media and marketing um customer service really all that sort of stuff so uh, i've got to yeah really get to be involved in all parts of the business which has been a blast yeah i imagine that's something that we have a guy that I talk about all the time as JG Lurs. I would love to just go hang out for a couple of days up there and learn stuff with him. Not to do my own thing, but just to like get hands on and something I love so much, like calls, you know, and stuff like that. I think that'd be a blast. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's really, I feel like, made me a more proficient duck hunter too, because a lot of people just look at calls and it's like, it's this thing that goes quack and they don't really know how it all works. And it's like, now I know. Um, exactly how they work and if I ever have a problem with any of mine in the field I can make a quick adjustment and, and fix it so mm. uh, it's definitely given me a lot of a lot of skills that I never thought I would learn and he now Corey is a really good caller goose and duck right yeah yep, for so sure. has he have you taken any instruction from him have you guys did that at all or not really yeah I've he's definitely given me some pointers um I try to, you know, our, we're making, we're tuning calls a lot of the time. So I just try and listen to them and pick up off those type of things. Um, calling is one of those things. It's like you, someone can explain something to you a hundred times, but until it clicks for you, there's really nothing that you can, that they can do for you. So he's helped me with some of the fine points and um, stuff like that, but just to learn how to blow a call and be good at that call, all it is is just practice and repetition and uh, building up that muscle memory. So um, he's helped me out as much as I can, and I just have to put in the time to really take it to that next level. Yeah. Well, I feel like, because you started working with them last year, and I, you'd correct me if I'm wrong, because I could totally be wrong. Maybe it's something you started doing on your own, but I feel like last year your calling went to a different level in your videos. Is that? Do you think that's because you started working on it harder, or d- just different call, or what was, or am I mistaken there? Did you feel you did too? Uh, a little bit of both for sure. Um, my goose calling, I still think it has a ton of work 
I still have a ton of work to do, but um, I definitely, I feel like the goose call that he has, he had, gave me, which was a life sentence. It's actually, he designed it for beginner goose callers. And it's just so easy to break over that it just, they expanded the amount of notes that I was able to make almost overnight just by using that call. And then uh, I picked up a, quite a few duck calling um, pointers from him and he has a really good duck call as well, the rev. So um, just use, using his calls and then some pointers is probably about 50, 50, I'd say overall. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I was referring to on the, cause I'm not a goose caller myself. I can do a couple notes, but that's it. I haven't put in a lot, ton of time on uh Honkers, but like on your duck calling, I feel like you're just, I'm not saying you're like bad or anything. I'm just saying like, it sounds like, I was like, man, he seems like the calling went up and quite a few notches. It seemed like I thought, but I appreciate it. But I mean, on myself, I'm never can claim to be a good caller myself, but I feel like last, I mean, I've been duck hunting for a long time, but I never like put hard, hard effort into really trying to get better. And I think the more that you do, the more you realize how you're not that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you get yep. to you're like, oh, I'm good, I'm fine, whatever, what I do right now. But then when you try to really like, okay, I want to be better, then you're like, man, I got a long ways to go, you know? And um, yeah. yeah, you could kill a duck without really knowing a lot of stuff and you can blow it and get by. But I, I don't want to be like that, right? I want to I wanna try to be the best I can. And that's another thing that's kind of triggered something in my head is like, calling for honkers and for specs we have a lot of specs in california and i've never really been on any situations where i could get much action in either one of those geese but i'm like you know what one day it will happen probably and if i don't have any skill set now then i'm gonna look stupid because i don't know how to blow either one of those so i've been working on those too i I, you know what i mean i think if you're gonna be an all-around waterfowler i think we need to do the best we can and try to you know, maximize our skill set. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, yeah, it never hurts to be familiar with uh, a type of calling that you're not actually necessarily using. I think especially just, you know, it's obviously going to help you with just the, the lung part of calling. Um, so it never hurts to practice those sort of things. Yeah. Now, how about, how about them wood duck decoys from final approach? Did those got you all pumped up? I haven't even got my hands on them yet. I've what? seen them. I was really, I was really excited about them, um, but I haven't got my hands on them quite yet. I think they should be coming um, next week when I'm up in Minnesota. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm pumped up about those. I, they look really good, so I'm excited to get my hands on them. Yeah, guys, check those out. They're they're live on the website now. Buy them out before Thomas can get his hands on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's what they would say from the company point of view. Like, just buy them up. We don't care. But no, I'm just teasing. You should go check them out. I think they're a hundred dollars for six. It's four drakes and two hens. They just put it out on their Instagram, so you can check it there, uh, Facebook as well, and YouTube. So check out Final Approach. Yeah. I think I think me and Thomas agreed that I Thomas asked me today, my brother. He said. If you had to work with anybody, which we work with Final Approach, both of us do, but he goes, legitimately, if you had to work with anybody on the market for decoys, who would it be? And I said, I'm not lying or saying this. And this is a personal conversation between me and him, right? Yeah. I said, if you're to take somebody that's an all-around decoy company that has all the decoys, I mean, there may be some that aren't out yet, but for the biggest mass of variety of birds with the best quality, 100% hands down final approach. 
They're, you yep, you may have one, they're like, oh, I like their mallards, you know, those mallards look good, or the, those divers look good, but if you were to take every single decoy and line them up and say who's the best, I mean, to me, hands down, final approach is what I feel like. Yep. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to see where they go too. I mean, I'm too. The the lineup that they have right now is great, and the fact that they don't even have any diver decoys yet is is oh. really exciting to me because yeah. I think you know if they're if their diver decoys are following in the same line as the wood ducks and the cinnamons and everything else, I think they're going to be really something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you happen to? I know that you're not shooting cinnamons over there, but did you happen to get to see those in person? I have not. No, I might. Uh, if I, I think I'm gonna try and do another trip trip down to Texas this oh, year. Yeah. So I might might try and grab some of those before I head down there. Yeah, I can't wait to use them this year. I, I mean, it's not that I know us duck hunters always think, hey, we can get bird more of these birds in if we use these decoys. Which I don't really think that. I don't know. It might have more of a place than I think, but for the most part, I don't think so. But the yeah. pop. You know the pop of that red in there, and knowing that those those birds are around, it's brings more of that realistic setting there for you know birds around here. So, yep, still gonna Absolutely. be look sweet. Is all I can say. Yeah, no, they look they look great, and it's like it's a color that you're not gonna get in any other with any other decoys. So, uh, it's something unique for sure. I'd be interested to see if uh, maybe you try this season just hunting over a spread of cinnamon decoys and see what all birds you have come into that. I know. That might be, uh, we're not all big on challenge videos. None of us are, myself or you, but that might be an interesting little video to use only cinnamons on a hunt and see what happens. I'd be kind of curious. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just it would just be an f- interesting test. Yeah, because, I mean, we all want to know, right? Will that make a difference? Yeah. So, yep, absolutely. Might be something I have to do. But um, so you mentioned Texas. You've already did North Carolina. You're going to hunt in your home state, Virginia. And I'm assuming you'll probably hunt in Minnesota maybe too. So, like, what's all your plans this year? Um, I think I'm just going to – I'm going to try and, you know, check out some new areas. But uh, I'm not going to travel as much as I had originally planned um, at the end of last season – I was kind of excited. I was going to be done with college this year and um, get to do a lot of traveling. But gas prices have come up and mm-hmm. uh, just every, the cost of everything's come up. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely still going to try and travel some. But I'm going to be, you know, working up in Minnesota um, pretty much until they have four or five foot of snow on the ground and uh, all the hunting's done. And then and then I think I'll come back to Virginia and uh, do some hunting around here and maybe do some trips later in the season. Hopefully, I, once gas prices start to come down. But it'll probably just be uh, Minnesota and maybe a little bit of North Dakota hunting here for October and November. And then uh, probably mainly Virginia for December and maybe a little bit of traveling in January. Okay. That's the time of year yep. to do it for sure, traveling purposes. Yep, absolutely. So... How do you? We, I'll let you go here in just a minute. We're trying to keep this at thirty minutes, but what was? What's your thoughts? How do you feel about Texas duck hunting? Um, I don't want to tell everybody that it's just incredibly easy and everybody should go there, but right. I think it's just. I think it. I think it probably follows the same vein as the Central Flyway in general. You just have lower population density and more birds, so. Um, you're gonna. It, it just feels like it's easier to find 
uh, tucked away areas that have birds in them. Mm. Uh, the thing that I noticed about North Carolina in particular is they have lots of birds down here, but I never found a single spot in North Carolina that had birds and did not have someone else scouting it or someone else hunting it. I mean, it's just there's so many people that hunt that uh, it feels like it's nearly impossible to find that tucked away spot that no one else knows about. So that's uh, that's kind of my feelings about Texas is that finding those kinds of kinds of spots is spots is a lot easier. And then the cool thing, I think the coolest thing about Texas is just the variety you can get because mm-hmm. it's such a big state. Mm-hmm. You can go up to the nor- northern part and shoot your mallards and pintails and all sorts of big puddle ducks. Mm-hmm. Then you can go down to the coast and shoot um, divers and snows and all all sorts of uh, kind of saltwater species. And then you can go down to South Texas and shoot teal and whistling ducks and stuff like that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so it's just it's just the variety. I think that's the coolest part of it all. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've hunted Idaho, Washington, Kansas. Uh, we did Canada before. I've never been to Texas. Never hunted on the East Coast yet. I mean, there's tons. I got tons of places to hunt left but i think what it is thomas like you're saying you're not trying to like oh it's the best ever in the world but but getting a different experience being at a new location you've never been to and having success just it really does kind of light you up you know what i mean so what's cool is there's so much there's so much out there though like You know, just here on the West Coast, like I was always wanting to go Midwest or back East. And I'm like, my goodness, I haven't even scratched my own neck of the woods. I need to, you know, work these areas first before, you know, New Mexico, Nevada, before I start worrying about going so far across the nation to hunt. You know, I got tons of stuff that's untouched for me out here. Yeah, absolutely. Within Texas is that I found... um, really enjoy hunting and that um, hunting has been really good in and it's you know there's so much of Texas that I still want to explore but it's hard to leave that that area that uh, you kind of have tried and true success yep. in yep. yeah because you pay those dues you know and, and that's obviously what gets you more spots but then then again when you're making a big drive like you're making you know you got to kind of leverage your time while you're there so I definitely get that yep. absolutely that's kind of and, what's nice. Uh, going, go ahead. I was just going to say the other one of the other things I really like about just I think it's the whole Central Flyway in general is that you really get to see good habitat be utilized. Like one of the I'd say depressing parts of hunting on the East Coast is that there's so much good habitat that the birds just never utilize because there's just not enough birds. Hmm. And so it's cool to see out there when you have good habitat, you always have birds on it. Really. Um, so yeah, and yeah, and it's really it's interesting to see, and it's uh, it's taught me a lot about what birds particularly like because you can there's enough birds where you can really dissect it. So like, well, there's there's a smart weed bed over here, and that only has ten birds on it, and then there's a grass mat over here, and that's got two hundred birds on mm. it. And that that'll tell you a lot versus um, in Virginia or just the East Coast in general mm. feels like you're working with a lot smaller sample sizes. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, man, I don't want to kind of tell us where everybody can find you. You're cutting out a little bit right at the end, some maybe bad area or something, but like tell us everywhere, Thomas, they can find you if they don't already know. I'm sure most do, but at least give those that don't. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. It's uh, just it's just Hoke Outdoors, uh, and uh, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook these days. And uh, I really appreciate you having me on, Titus. Glad we could uh, knock it out. And we'll I know to, we need to get you on, get you on the foul front here soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And don't you know? I mentioned that too when I have the episodes because we're all kind of interrelated, like the Duck Gun Podcast and Outdoor Limits Podcast and Foul Front too. So. Man, I know we could talk for two hours, but at least just wanted to get you on and kind of see what's going on, get an update, and share with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, man. Drive safe, and thanks for coming on. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. We'll see you on the next episode.